Welcome to the Alpha Female Podcast with me, your host, Robin Baldwin. This show is to inspire you to embrace living like an alpha female. But what is an alpha female, you may ask? An alpha female is a powerful and assertive woman. Her confidence is due to being an intelligent and intellectual problem solver. She constantly strives for a happy and healthy work-life harmony, but knows that it requires being true to your priorities and what makes you happy. She is never complacent about striving for better and always nurtures the relationships with the people in her life. So let's get started. You are listening to the Alpha Female Podcast, Episode 21. All links and show notes can be found at robinbaldwin.com forward slash podcast. Today on the show, we're talking to Anique McGock. Anique is an Amazon bestselling author, motivational speaker, and lifestyle coach that helps people get clear by aligning their environment, health, and mindset to support the success they desire in their lives. She's based in Hudson Valley, New York. And Anique often travels for work or pleasure, spending a lot of time in airplanes, cars, and on motorcycles. In the rare moment that she is in one place for any length of time, you'll find her training in a gym, visiting a museum, or immersed in a creative project. Welcome, Anique, to the show. Hi, Robin. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I knew as soon as I saw you on social media and read your bio that you were another alpha female. I love it. I love being an alpha female. <laughs> when I first sent you the definition, which our listeners are quite familiar with, and uh, there's always a small snippet in the intro, but when you first read it, what did you think of it, and how are you an alpha female? Mm. I really like the term because alpha female to me shows strength, just even in the term. You know, there's always even the alpha male. Everyone's always talking about the alpha male showing up in a room, but truly, there are so many of us alpha females out there and we're showing up and being associated with that, like you said, you know, being called that is just, I feel like it's an honor. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) as far as how I, I show that through my work is that I feel that it is our honor to be able to serve others and through that to actually serve by example and living a life that we as coaches or as writers or uh, being in the health and wellness realm, if we are preaching it, we sure better show up and do it ourselves. Amazing. So as a lifestyle coach and author and a busy bee, because all alpha females are, uh, mm-hmm. what does your work-life harmony look like these days? It's always fluctuating. There are some weeks where there it's more there's more harmony and there are other weeks where there is no harmony. Mm-hmm. And for me lately what I've been really trying to focus on for myself is getting on a more regular schedule providing that I don't have a big project because if there is a big project going on there there will not be work life harmony. Now, as a future author, I want to ask an author question. When you were writing your book, did you find you could balance work and life or did you kind of like go all in and based on deadlines you gave yourself or were existing, like did you have to have a season of book writing? Yes, I definitely had a season of book writing. At the time that I wrote the book, I was still working corporate. And I was also traveling 80% of the time nationally in the U.S. and in Canada. 
So I was writing the book. I actually had taken my work vacation and just for that full one full week, writing as much as I could for the book and then spending my weekends and my nights in the hotels writing the rest of the book. Yeah. Over a significant amount of time, over a few months. Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. When we all go in like hard on projects, it's like, okay, I'm going to be doing this much work and it's my season of book writing. So that makes complete sense. So on the, on the subject, I feel like you may have an answer around the book, but what are you most passionate about? Mm, Well, design, health, and fitness are my main passions in life. And my background is, I come from a design background as a furniture designer and interior designer. And I always had this love of, of health and fitness. And as I transitioned into that portion, it really became clear to me as I kind of stepped back to know that my true calling is to share with people that your environment is a reflection of your inner self. And how can I help people with my design and my health knowledge to create an environment that supports the success that they desire? And as a lifestyle coach, are you coaching one-on-one? Do you have group programs? Do you have online coaching? I do primarily one-on-one coaching. And right now, I am in the middle of designing my first course, which I'm going to be... exciting. Yeah, I'm excited to roll that out. So when you do one-on-one, do you do online Yes, I do. I do primarily, and I do a little bit in person, but I primarily do online. And my way of working with people is a little bit different. It's holistic, but there's a big component of the environment as well. Yeah, so I love that. And after diving into your book and understanding how you really want people to get clear on their environment so that they can get clear on their purpose, do you Mm -hmm. get people to like Skype and show you their surroundings? Yes, and actually, I do, I do. And actually, as a separate program, I also offer one-on-one of just doing that, working in that capacity with people. So we get on, they, they send me a couple photos of the room that they want to work on, and then we deep dive about the room and their life through Skype or Google Hangouts. That's awesome. All right, so to take care of yourself while you're taking care of others, what do you do on a daily basis to keep your immune system boosted? Mm. Well, I try to, as well as I can, eat very balanced meals between my protein and my vegetables. But one thing that I make certain to to do is get some type of movement in every day. I try to work out five to six days a week, but across seven days, try to have some movement, whether that's just going out for a leisure walk, a rest-based walk, or even getting down on the floor and doing push-ups between brainstorming ideas for different projects or talking to people. So when you were in corporate life, did you have any health scares that taught you that you needed to take care of yourself better? Definitely. Definitely. I was very unhappy in my corporate life. I was good at what I did. However, I was not fulfilled by the work that I was actually doing. And I found that I I had gained a significant amount of weight. I also ended up developing adrenal fatigue and leaky gut. And through that was really my healing journey of very much deep diving into the health and wellness sector and learning through achieving a nutritional certificate to uh, help other people turn their health around and to learn how to use food as a way to heal those physical issues. And what did the adrenal fatigue look like? Just pure exhaustion? 
It was pure exhaustion. So as I, I was working, like I said, I was traveling about 80% of the time and I was working insane hours. I'd have long days where I was traveling and then also meeting with clients during the day and having to entertain clients at night. So I was so exhausted. Part of the weight gain was that no matter what I did, I just continued to gain weight. And that was the first warning sign. But it would end up that on the weekends, I would come home and literally on a Saturday when I was home and needed to get my home life (laughs) going and done, I would end up just laying on the couch, which was not like me. Like I couldn't even get up to do anything. Mm. Did you work with any professionals to start optimizing your health? I did. I did. At the time, I... I'm very fortunate to have a strong mastermind group that I work with. And I have a lot of females in the health and wellness industry. And I was working with one friend, Sabrina Sarabella, who's a nutritionist. She was helping me. And then I also ended up finding uh, an ND to work with as well, who was very imperative and helpful in my journey back to health. Awesome. And uh, okay, so you mentioned that you are a big fan of working out. So what does your fitness routine look like now that you've fixed the adrenal fatigue? Mm. It has changed a little bit. I was also into bodybuilding, competing in the bikini division. Oh, you were too? Yeah. (laughs) I did that from 2009 to 2013. Oh, nice. I didn't do it for as long as you did. I did it for about two years and it was amazing, but it also didn't, didn't help with all the other issues that I was <laughs> dealing with, as I'm sure you probably experienced as well, health wise. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't help with the adrenal fatigue. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, I, now these days, again, I try to, I try to work out five to six days a week. The big thing that I've changed this year is that I joined a women's hockey team And instead of weightlifting as much as I was or or supplementing it with HIIT or cardio or Tabata, I'm now replacing some of that, those workouts with the hockey. That's amazing. Yeah. It's been so much fun. Did you play as a kid? I played in high school for four years. I come from a hockey family, but it was really only available to me as a teenager. Okay. I was wondering if you just like picked up hockey as an adult. So I'm like, that takes guts. <laughs> there, It's actually surprising. There are team ranges from 17 year olds to women in their sixties. And a lot of the women started just in the past few years, which is, it's really been cool to see. Well, that's awesome. That is a really like wide age range. It is. It is. It's a, we have a very diverse team. And I'm it's wondering fun. if the, the, the older ladies on the team, are they the harder hitters? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think they, in some, in some ways, yes. Cause they have the, uh, they have the confidence to say, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do to me, girl? <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and do you have any fitness that is like easier on yourself than weightlifting or the hockey? I walk a lot. Or I try to walk a lot, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> the the intention is there. That's awesome. I I especially when the weather is is a little bit warmer, I really have found that in my healing, walking is imperative for me to to maintain my health. And I just need that disconnect in that slower pace. I wish it was yoga, but I haven't gotten to the point in my life where I can commit to showing up for a yoga uh, a yoga class. But I will say that walking is really what has helped me a lot. Mm, I would love it. Is it also, you know, part therapy, part meditative for you? 
Yes, yeah. definitely. Being outside, everything about it is just, it's so good. And it really makes me slow down because as an alpha female, <laughs> we have a tendency to push, push, go, go. So it's good to just slow down a little bit. Mm-hmm. So the next question is always, how do you challenge yourself fitness-wise? But it sounds like you're doing that through picking up hockey again. But is there, and it also sounds like you're doing that by like learning to slow down by hiking. But are there any other like, um, ways that you challenge yourself either by pushing harder or by actually slowing down? A combination of the both. I really, uh, lately I've been on this kick, especially in my periscope and other areas where I've been talking and I've been trying to encourage people to, one of my mottos is to live more fearlessly, but to encourage people to move their body in a different way. So again, I have to practice what I preach. And so I've been trying to figure out how can I move my body in a different way as well. So yesterday I actually played hooky and taught myself how to ski. So <laughs> cross country ski or downhill? Downhill. Oh, okay. Downhill. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm always trying to push the border, uh, push the boundary a little bit and figure out, okay, how can I move my body? And you said in, uh, you asked if it was also in a more relaxed way mm-hmm. and I do. I have on the on the scope to try to do some Pilates and to pick up my yoga a little bit. So we'll see. But there, I'm always trying to figure out what's a new way that I can move my body. Yeah, I always started the question, "How do you challenge yourself fitness wise?" Because I wanted to know, you know, how are we being alpha and really like trying to like push our comfort zones or um, try to be uh, better than we were the day before. But what I'm also mm-hmm. learning from most of my interviews is that. It's also about learning to be good to ourselves and knowing when we need to take it like down a notch and take a break or just be good to ourselves and still move and find mm-hmm. the importance in, in movement, but that it doesn't have to be hardcore workouts all the time. True. Very true. And for me, again, that would be the walking, whether mm-hmm. it's a leisure walk outside or a hike. That's awesome. What are your daily habits for winding down at night and reducing stress? I'm a big fan of taking baths. And I, I have a hard time shutting it off at night. And I think that a lot of alpha females could probably relate to that. When you work from home, your computer, your phone, every gadget is glowing and taunting you to come back, check another email, send out another reply. So I really have been forcing myself to shut it down. 9pm, I cannot do any more work. <laughs> And to create a nighttime ritual, much like we would for a baby. And there's a reason why we do that is you need a transition from highly functioning to starting to wind it down to be able to sleep well. You started to talk about nutrition. You mentioned protein and vegetables. What else are you doing to keep yourself well nourished? To be well nourished has been a journey on figuring out what foods work and don't work for me. With the adrenal fatigue and the leaky gut, I had to be on a very specific diet for a long time to be able to align my health again. As I have been transitioning in, in I've my, I'm now at a very good zone, I'm a little bit lo- looser with my nutrition, which actually enables me to nourish myself better. What was the specific meal plan that you went on? Because I'm also fixing leaky gut right now. So it was trying to, well, basically eliminating anything that might potentially cause bacteria 
bad bacteria in my gut and also to, to replenish that. So I was primarily, I had to cut out a lot of things, nuts, uh, grains, anything that might be considered a little dirty. <laughs> and I was pretty much eating or primarily eating protein and vegetables. Gotcha. Did you cut out nightshades? I did. For the time being, I did cut out nightshades, yes. And did you high dose on probiotics? I did. I also took a lot of different supplements. And a big one for me that I needed was magnesium. Mm. And I was finding that it, the magnesium really helped me function better, my body to function better. That's awesome. Yeah, there's uh, so much research out there now. And there's so many different ways that we can attack leaky gut symptoms. And for our listeners, I'm going to get a little TMI, but leaky gut usually uh, appears in our bodies as loose bowel movements or full-out diarrhea. So um, it's really important to work with a practitioner. So uh, we are obviously sharing what has worked for us, but please work with your own practitioner, whether it be a holistic nutritionist or a naturopath or a physician uh, to discuss these things. But there's lots of different ways. And it's really, um, for me, I believe we're all just our own science experiments because one thing is going to work for one person where it's not going to work for another because our genetic makeup is so very different. And digestion is really based on our DNA as well. Mm, I definitely agree, Robin. And I will also say to add to this is that one big component of my healing was my change in mindset. Hmm. So was it about just like being positive around food in your body and being gentler to yourself or what, what kind of mindset? It was more around making a big life change. And as I was going through that, again, I had mentioned that I was in a job that I didn't particularly love. And I think that we can, as high performers, we can get stuck into situations because we are seeing good rewards that society would say was great. I was making the money. I was traveling to all these great locations. But if you're not fulfilled in your life, whether that is uh, spiritually, mentally, uh, through your relationships, it can cause physical havoc. Mm. I'm uh, reading When the Body Says No by, I'm going to butcher his name, but Gabor Mate, and how stress is linked to um, autoimmune diseases and uh, just how it manifests in our bodies. So that makes complete sense. So it's nice to hear that these thoughts are echoed in other individuals that it's, you know, once we change our thoughts and how we treat ourselves and reduce stress and take care of ourselves, so many different physical manifestations go away. It's true. Very, very true. Okay. So you talked about like the bedtime and the bath. I love that you're also a bath person. I feel like all of the alpha females that I'm connecting with are Epsom salt and essential oil bath people. It's just, it is just it. like a trend. <laughs> um, but uh, that's, it's so key for just like, for me, it just signals my body like you're getting in the bath. Oh, guess what? You're going to be getting into bed next. And so it's just that, it's that signal. Whereas I used to be like a, a TV until I was too exhausted and then I'd roll into bed person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I love having a non-electronic routine now. Yes. I think it's so important to balance out how much time we are on our computers. Now, do you keep the phone out of the bedroom or do you keep it in the bedroom still? No, I definitely keep it out of the bedroom. And that is something that I, I talk about in the book. I think that 
you know, people use the excuse, well, you know, my alarm is on my phone, but just knowing that it's there, even <laughs> for whatever capacity is, is just never helps in the overall scheme of things. So I put in another room and I'm old fashioned and I use an alarm clock. That's awesome. I have an alarm clock and every time my condo loses power, it just starts flashing and I have, <laughs> and I've never reset it. So I have a flashing clock in my bedroom so that, that's really great light, Robin. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, like I try to do the phone on airplane mode an hour mm. before bed, but it's still beside my bed because it's my alarm clock. There's no reason why it needs to be that. And in the morning, I um, was trying to like, it stayed on uh, airplane mode until I left the house, but now I'm turning it off. And I, I, I just, I can't control that fact. So I need to keep it out of the bedroom. I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So as an alpha female, sometimes we can be misunderstood, whether it's from our, um, our personality standpoint or, uh, our ambition and how much we take on. What are some pain points as an alpha female that you problem solve for on a daily basis? Uh, earlier in my career, it was on being a strong female within, within my role. However, as I got older and became more comfortable with who I was in that position, it didn't become as much of an issue. Now I would say that it has transitioned to taking on too much, as in there's so much that I want to do. And sometimes having the patience and saying, you know what, Anique, it's, you're on this journey. There's time, even though we all feel like we're running out of time, there actually is time. And what I expect to happen tomorrow may happen in a year, but I need to remind myself to enjoy the process. Mm, I like that. Um, let's go. I want to dig in a little bit to your corporate life because we do have listeners that still work mm -hmm. the full time nine to five and have to deal with office politics. And I know as an alpha female, that's one of my biggest pain points is and I'm also a dominant personality. Um, mm -hmm. So, well, that's not a shocker as an alpha. Um, <laughs> but uh, like one of my pain points is being misunderstood from like tone of voice to direct language, being seen as too blunt or too straightforward. Did you ever have to deal with that in your corporate life? That is pretty much the story of my life. I had a, a boss that would jokingly say, well, you know, Anique, she's very succinct. Which yeah. <laughs> the underlying tone was, yeah, there goes Anique again. <laughs> I, uh, I happen to also work in a male-dominated industry. And I was, there would be weeks where I, I didn't even work with any other female. So it was interesting that there was often the expectation that I should be strong because of my position as a, my title and where I was in my position. However, there was also the expectation that perhaps I should be a little bit softer in my delivery. Now, you know, I'm from New York. <laughs> yeah. We tend to be direct, but also <laughs> as even I'm also a first generation American and I would say you know, uh, my parents are European, that there's a, also the direct way of being. And I've never looked at that as being bad. And I haven't had people or I haven't had men so much call me on it except when they have been taken aback that I've been so straightforward. 
Yeah, it's usually men sometimes can handle the straightforwardness a little bit easier because most men are very straightforward. But if it's um, men or women that love to talk and love to have discussions and really, really want to connect, they find it mm. very abrasive and don't understand that it's not that I don't want to connect, but that it's just they want more niceties. And when I'm trying to get ish done, <laughs> that's really that's really hard to like balance niceties, tone of voice, and just being like, well, this is what needs to happen. Why can't it happen? <laughs> that is definitely true. And as somebody who traveled a lot, it's also, you see it pop up in very specific parts of different countries, mm. which is interesting as well. I think in the end, and this is also something that I, I've discovered as I got older was it became less of an issue because I cared less. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still in my people pleasing days. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, at this point, I'm like, do you want to get it done? Or do you want to sit around and talk about it? I don't know. I want to get it done. I got stuff to do. <laughs> Maybe I need to move to New York. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's funny. Okay. Do very well. <laughs> and back, back to overwhelming your book and how clearing out both, um, physical spaces leads to clearing out mental spaces. Um, as an alpha, do you still deal with clutter or are you, are you constantly working at it or do you, have you mastered it yourself? I don't think it's possible to master it completely. Good. I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> and that is because life is ever changing and we never know what kind of curveball we're going to be thrown, whether that's an illness the loss of a loved one, the loss of a job, uh, moving. There's always something that's ebbing and flowing. And so when that happens, clutter in any capacity just starts to build up in different ways. And so we will have to deal with it over time, and it may be in different ways. Like, for instance, you might be able to master your refrigerator and keep that beautiful and well-organized and clear, but... There might be other areas in your life that pop up over time that become a little bit of a mess. Yeah, that's true. After reading your book, I looked around my condo and I was like, what room would she want to tackle? <laughs> and it's, it, what is it? And it's little, it's actually probably, I, I did a massive cleaning out of my home office den. Mm. Um, this year I sold my, I had my childhood desk and it was a massive wooden monster and a printer stand. And I sold that to um, a lady who bought it for her like five-year-old son who wants to be a writer, which I think is absolutely amazing. And I was so touched that the desk was going to a little kid that wanted to be a writer. And then I, I just did a massive cleaning out of paperwork. My mom taught me this, this habit of clutter, but I had receipts in a shoebox from 2004. Ooh, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, where did that come from? But then I have a massive Ikea Pax wardrobe that has, it has towels and bedding that I haven't used in years, but I'm mm -hmm. saving for a future cottage. Yes. <laughs> and yep. I was like, oh, there's, there's the clutter. There, there, there it is. And it's like, I can always buy new bedding, but I've been taught to be frugal and uh, careful with my money. So it's like, if I can save these, they're not taking up space. They're in a nice little closet. It's packed away um, for my future cottage that I have no idea when I'm going to get. So yes, um, yes, So I was exactly. like, oh, that might need to go to donation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm very proud of you. you. You tackled some big issues. And you also brought up a... a 
a good example of why we do keep clutter or we live a certain way. And that is inherited habits from our parents or from our family as we grew up. Mm-hmm. So the book that you have is about how to simplify your life. So reduce that physical clutter, which is awesome. There's exercises in it so that you journal the whole way through, which I think is beautiful. Um, Excellent. But give me a little bit more about living more fearlessly. What does that mean to you? And what do you want to see from your clients? Mm. Well, most people live with fear. However, it is especially taboo in alpha women to express that or say that they actually have it, right? If I'm an alpha female, I should, I should be fearless always. But the reality is that everybody has fears, whether that is speaking to somebody in public, whether that is being intimate in a relationship, whether that is asking the boss for a raise. I want people to live more fearlessly. I want them to start to get out of their comfort zone and test the waters of getting over those fears because those are often the specific fears that we are afraid of are the ones that are going to unlock and let us achieve true success in our lives. Uh, this is this is weird timing, but I just watched last week. It's a Toronto-based couple, and they just filmed a TED Talk at the end of last year before giving birth to their new baby boy on dancing with your fears. And so I like that this is all coming together because they just speak about how like fears are always going to be there in our life. They're always mm-hmm. going to be there, but you just have to either dance with them. I like the terminology like jumping. Um, bungee jumped last year for the first time. I really like to push my comfort zones with my adrenaline junky side. So um, all of these kind of themes are appearing in my life where it's just how do you embrace your fears and just push through them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and push through them in the most enjoyable way that you can. Of course. One, right. One way that we, we don't want to go into the fear is that it feels, fear is really the anticipation of future pain. Mm. Nope. Nobody wants to hurt. <laughs> no. no, no, that's true. And yeah, so it's, how do you, how do you embrace it? Know that you're not going to get hurt, but just push through it because pushing through it will mean that you come out on the other side, a stronger person. Exactly. Awesome. So my last question is one of my favorite because it's so different for everybody and I love just how everyone sees this, but as an alpha female, we live a happy and healthy life. So we've, we've got over all of your healthy stuff, but to be happy, what is your definition of happiness? Happiness to me is feeling peaceful. And as I had mentioned earlier, that Life is a journey and it's always changing. And so there are going to be times that are going to be hard. They're going to be tough. But if during those times that I can have a sense of peace within them, either be peaceful in how I reacted or how things worked out, that is where true happiness and joy come in for me. So that's really my goal is to, to be as peaceful as possible in everything. I love it. Thank you so much for your time today on the show. I truly appreciate it. Robin, it's been fantastic. Thank you so much. This episode is sponsored by the Live Like an Alpha Female Challenge. Are you ready to take charge of your fitness and health routine? Are you ready to get organized so you have more time to spend with your family or friends or loved ones without feeling always stressed? That's why I created the Live Like an Alpha Female Challenge a challenge that helps you decrease stress, 
get organized, and find more time in your day to go after all of your crazy big goals and dreams. The challenge includes five emails with a video message from me on how to fit in fitness, optimize your health and nutrition, stay healthy at work, and all my smartphone organization tips. Sign up at robinbaldwin.com forward slash alpha female for the free challenge today. Thank you for listening to the Alpha Female Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. And I would love you to eternity and back if you would be so kind to open your podcast app of choice and leave me a rating and review. You can find more of me at robinbaldwin.com. That's Robin with a Y, B-A-L-D-W-I-N. And join us next week for another inspiring chat. I hope you have a spectacular day.